My presentation is going to be a little different this morning. I, I don't think I have ever read a message, but I am going to this morning. It was written in the same fear and anger and horror and shock that has marked this entire weekend. I pray God will make some sense of it, and perhaps in it there will be something for your soul and for mine. I've entitled it, Why We Need Christmas. I woke up pretty excited Friday morning. I was meeting a friend early that morning to give him a Bible and some devotional material. He, he is a man important to and loved by our family and one we have prayed for. And he just prayed to receive Christ at the Christmas star. So that alone was making it a pretty good day. And it was just going to get better. After leaving him, I was going to drive to Tech to pick up Amy. She was done with her semester and did not want to wait till her big sister, who has the car, was going to be done with hers. She called and asked if I would come and get her. I jumped at the opportunity. I not only looked forward to her being home, I looked forward to just being able to spend the afternoon with her in the car. I even asked Karen, would you mind if I went and got her by myself? So I left about 10 o'clock. I started the drive. I was, made a few phone calls. And then I began to work on my sermon that I would be preaching today. A sermon that I won't be preaching anymore. So I didn't have on the radio. I think it was a little before 1 o'clock when Karen called and wanted to know if I'd been listening. Of course, I, di I didn't know what she was talking about. I turned on the radio and I joined the rest of the country in a day of of unbelievable horror and shock. It's scary, isn't it, what is happening to us? We want to understand why Adam Lanza, an individual, would do this, but it, it seemed to me as I was listening and watching, that there was a bigger question going on underneath. Why are we doing this? Why is our nation doing this? Why are we becoming this kind of people? We all know that in the ensuing weeks, the debates and politics and the preaching will flow as to why we are and how to stop it. Oh, we kicked God out of the schools. We need gun control. We need mental health care. We need better security. We need, we need, we need. We will hear very little about and do even less about a culture of dehumanization. A culture in which there is almost no sanctity for human life. From the teaching of evolution, to abortion, to pornography, to gaming, and to reality TV. And I would debate anyone on the planet as to the tie of any one of those things and how a Friday happens. Now a word of caution for all of us, myself included who are ready to jump on and rail against the White House, the Capitol House, and the schoolhouse for not posting the Ten Commandments, for not beginning the day with prayer. Let's ask ourselves, are they posted in my house? When the bell goes off in my house, do we begin with prayer? Watch out for the hypocrisy that wants the White House and the schoolhouse to do what we won't do in our own house. All weekend we have heard and we have wondered why, why, why? The government, the media, and the schools 
will not be able to answer that. They will suggest answers that are in reality are only symptoms of a problem they will not confess. Since they will not be dealing with the real issue, their responses will not fix the problem. That's frustrating. Friday happened because we live in a fallen world. Friday happened because people do evil and everybody in this room has pitched in to that problem. It started with another Adam and his wife Eve. They rebelled against and rejected God. They said, we can live by our own rules. We can do what we want. God warned of the evil that would ensue. They didn't listen. And neither have any of their children. We rebel and we reject and we do so over and over and over and have brought into our world 10,000 ways that we can hurt and be hurt. Very few of us will ever do anything like what an Adam Lanza did. That makes for us easier for him to make, that makes it easier for us to make him a hideous monster that we are nothing like. The reality is Adam is little more than an extreme example. He is extreme. But he is little more than an extreme example of what we all are. There are a multitude of people sitting in churches across America today carrying the exact same hate, the exact same anger in his heart, in their heart as he did. We just have it acceptably controlled and hidden. Most of us have learned the fine art of controlling and containing just how messed up we are. And that makes us good. Of course, every now and then one of us flies off out of control and gives us the events of this past Friday and we in shock and horror wonder how. But all of us contain the ingredients for a moment of insanity. Right moment, right circumstances, and we steal, we commit adultery, immorality, violence, lying, and hatred. Sure, most of our moments of insanity, most of our moments of evil will not devastate on a level that it will make the news. But make no mistake, it is the creep of evil doing its devastation. As if this story needed any dramatizing, the media had to remind us over and over that it was Christmas. What a horrible time for this to happen. What does that mean? I mean, would it have been better in January? I, I know what it means. Yes, it is, it is Christmas. It is, it's a time for children. Christmas brings out the kid in all of us. Christmas is about joy and innocence, fun and gifts, lights and candy canes. Candy canes. Perhaps we should stop and remember that God did not give us Christmas because the earth was filled with joy and innocence, fun and gifts, 
lights and candy canes. He gave us Christmas as a solution to evil. He gave us Christmas because we are messed up. I I do not want to miscommunicate this morning. My point this morning has nothing to do with how we celebrate Christmas. This is, there's no point being made about gifts or parties or Santa or trees. The Bible is clear that God enjoys watching us laugh and celebrate and have fun. But clearly an event like this puts some things in perspective and let's be honest, it takes some of the fun out of Christmas. That forced me to think, was Christmas about fun? Was that the goal? We sure treat it like it is, but it's not. My Bible never says anything that Christmas is about food or vacations or rest or gifts. It doesn't even say that Christmas is about family. Christmas was an intensely serious moment to deal with an intensely serious problem. Christmas is a clash between God and evil. Christmas is God entering enemy territory to rescue the very ones who made it enemy territory. Let me show you the first clash between what we call Christmas and evil. It is probably the most unread portion of the Christmas story. And it is shockingly relevant. I am reading from Matthew chapter 2 verse 16. It says, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what, he was, then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah. Weeping and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. This historical event follows the account of the story of the wise men traveling to see the baby Jesus. Who was probably about two when they got there. Herod told the wise men to tell him when they found the baby Jesus so that he could worship him also. Though that was not at all his intention. God told them not to return to Herod. And after they worshipped and gave the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they skipped town. The great King Herod was afraid of a baby. Why? That's crazy. By the time this baby grows up, Herod would be dead and gone anyway. Evil knew there was something about this baby. 
So since he could not narrow down which baby boy was Jesus, he just killed them all. We now know what that would have looked like. It was a violent, horrifying day. Bethlehem's a very small village. One commentator said the population of Bethlehem and the outlying areas probably meant there was, and folks, I'm not making this up, between, between 10 and 30 boys of that age. What we call Christmas in the Bible was met with the massacre of 20 kids because of a crazy guy. Even more amazing, the event was prophesied. God knew it was going to happen. God told us it was going to happen. He knew when he stepped into the world, evil would meet him there. Resist the temptation to put evil in a red costume with a pitchfork. Resist the temptation to make evil some kind of vague force. Evil is our rebellion against God being God and communicating His ways. The evil is our sin. How dare we ask where was God? How dare we ask why He didn't do something when we rebel at everything He has done? People will respond, yeah, but the kids are innocent. Hey, warning. We don't get to place boundaries on where our evil goes. Do you know why there's a Christmas? Because we are messed up. Jesus accomplished a multitude of things when he came to this earth. We have a multitude of benefits because he came to this earth. My series this Christmas has been looking at them. But let us not stray from this one inescapable truth. There is a Christmas because we are messed up. And the Bible actually says that we are too stupid, too weak, and too evil to do anything about it. And we're going to hell. Unless... Unless God just steps in... And rescues us. We ought to be asking why God would care. Why would he come and rescue us. When every one of our problems is where we rejected him and his ways. I only know one answer. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish in this horror but have eternal life. And that is the only answer for Friday. The bottom line is that we need to be rescued from ourselves. Friday was nothing more than an extreme reminder of that. I pray that when Christmas morning happens this year, our nation will remember that God does care 
and He has provided. I pray the church will remember that God cares and has provided. It's amazing to me that we need to be reminded. But we do because we get stuck thinking, every one of us, that this world is what it's all about. When it's this world that we need to escape. My fear today is that we will get over Friday. And likewise, we will get over Christmas. What will it really take for us to make our lives all about the gospel of Jesus? And joining Him in running a rescue operation. That idea, that truth should absolutely change how we approach our marriage, our finances, our priorities, our parenting, our dating, our education, our prayers. It should change our approach to everything. And therein lies our problem. It's just easier to wait and get over it. Only the gospel will fix anything. Will our lives and our words be a witness to that truth? My answer to Friday? How horrifying. How desperately we need God. And by His love, He's made it possible. For us to have them. Let's pray. Lord, I don't even know what to say for those families. I pray you will be for them this day, this very morning. Exactly what they need. I am so thankful that you answering my prayers is not based on my my wisdom or my ability to craft the right words or ask for just the right things. God, would you hear our prayers as a church, as a nation? God, would you give them hope? I ask for you to encourage them and I cannot possibly imagine what would encourage me if I was in that moment. Lord, I would, I would pray for pastors and churches, people in that community that are genuine followers of Christ. I would pray for those who would share the genuine gospel of Jesus and His Word. 
God, would you give them the emotional and mental stability to be able to move into this situation and, and bring the healing and the hope of the gospel. Bless and multiply their opportunity, God. To be Christ for them. Lord, as our nation grieves and hurts at the loss and we're asking why, would you allow our nation a moment of clarity where we finally see it? I, God, I pray that and I don't believe it. I, I need you to ask to help my unbelief. I don't believe we'll get it. I'm not even sure the church will get it. We are so utterly committed to this world and to happiness in this world. God, for those children, could this nation rise up and confess its problem? God, for those children, could there actually be something more than an emotional moment that we all get over? I pray I would. I pray we would go home today and think about what needs to happen in our homes. Not so that we're happier and we love each other. We think what needs to happen in our homes so that our homes are a part of the rescue operation. That our homes are a part of the gospel and its advancement in this world. I pray for this church, every church, for this country, the greatest moment of clarity in 250 plus years of what Christmas actually is about. We need your help, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we ask this. Amen.